Hello, and welcome once again to a new episode of Monster Dear Monster, a podcast where we explore monsters uh, in media from their humble folkloric beginnings to their modern day incarnations. Uh, and today I am joined by one of my uh, two co hosts, Dave. Hello. And I, as usual, am Leonard. Uh, and this week we are returning to the wonderful, bright, cotton candy world of one Thomas Legati. Uh, as we continue our exploration through Songs of Dead Dreamer and Grimscribe. And we have now uh, pierced the veil of unconsciousness to enter into a new section entitled The Voice of the Dreamer. But before we get into that, Dave, how are you doing? I am very tired. <laughs> very tired, Leonard. But uh, otherwise doing pretty okay i who 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 knows these days it's all up in the air i don't know what's going on it's uh <laughs> it's a time i will tell you sir uh well uh considering that you are tired perhaps you are even more success su success mm, that word that i cannot pronounce right now Sec nope <laughs> yep mouth refuses uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, maybe you're more fine. attuned uh, to the dreamlike nature of the stories we will be covering <laughs> i i would love to think so i felt that neither of these stories were dreamlike in much of any way <laughs> but i i guess they could be you you can say the same for almost any of the ones that uh, we've covered so far this was a strange um titling of uh, a section i i think i understood the other ones a little better um which is a shame because it's very short it's it's two tales comprising an entire section um yes yeah we'll 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 dig into that a little bit um pretty quickly i'd imagine uh however i would like to inform everyone uh all all and sundry that there is a um a very cool uh album an lp uh recording of some of or one two of Legati's tales um there's a there's a company and I'm, I'm playing it with Cadabra Records. So <laughs> what they've done or what they do, uh their tagline is Nightmares on Vinyl. They they put um it's basically audiobooks. So it's just readings of tales such as um the yellow or the king in yeah king in yellow yes king in yellow um uh carcosa just older stuff and then some more contemporary ones um that being the case there is two tales of thomas legati there's there's lovecraft there's just it's it's the veritable gamut of everything that's amazing 
Um, they've they put two tails on an LP from Legati, and it's accompanied by music and also um, read by another horror author. In this case, nice. It's, um, uh, it is John Paget, um, who is uh, part and parcel of a an upcoming. I think the Kickstarter closed, but it's an upcoming um, horror anthology. Uh, so it all kind of bears looking into um, and you can find they they do like two or three different pressings of the LPs. So some of them are limited edition and then the other ones are just like the regular run of the mill um, LP. Uh, I don't know about the availability. I may or may not have thrown down for like the, the best version of it that it, it was a, I don't know when you see something and it's like limited to 25 plus pressings, like I will grab that immediately because 25 plus is a small number. <laughs> yes. So uh, hopefully it will be as cool as it looks um, and sounds, but uh, I'm very interested to see kind of what music they accompany it with. Um, I know on the B side of the album, uh, it's a re I, I believe it's a reading of the same two tales um, by a singer, songwriter, poet um, who who has done work with Legati in the past, and whose albums are, um, as far as I can tell, were probably um, their inspirations for other like cosmic horror. Um, that's kind of what what they are. It, it's a, I guess, tangential to maybe the old the the they've been around for a long time, but um, the UK band Coil. Okay, so it's, it's it's not as like industrial noise sounding, mm -hmm. but it's it's adjacent to that uncomfortable feeling you would get while it's not. Um, Oh, I'll sit back and read a book and listen to this music because it's very specific mood. But, right. Um, it should be it should be very interesting. So just letting everyone else know in case they missed it because they probably did. It was very it's very pointed, um, specific type of interest. So not yeah. for everybody, but if you're listening to this, you probably would be interested in uh, the. Um, album for the red tower which is the tales i have a special plan for this world and this little degenerate or this degenerate little town <laughs> and the art's really really cool it's um it's the greatest it's better even than the, the cover for um grim scribe which is also really good <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, the uh, the cover of Grim's Grime, uh I always think of um, of an old game magazine print ad for like the eleventh guest mm -hmm. or seventh guest or eleventh hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it reads as that like mid nineties gaming magazine advert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a time capsule into an age long past. It doesn't feel like I, it. I don't. I don't even know anymore. It's like, wasn't that last year? Yeah, I, everything. I everything has has tell. seemingly started to collapse in on itself. Um, I, hey, yeah, once it again, fit, fit, fitting, fitting, fitting. Uh, 
fitting discussion for for this week's episode. Yes, yes. Who who would who would have thought that the 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 episodes focused on literature could be more unsettling than the episodes uh, uh, focused on a a child made out of teeth? Hey, you should be listening to the Candle Cove episodes with all three of us. Uh, our dear boy Cameron uh, Knight Twitten uh, uh, is uh, is pretty fantastic, and it's uh, and uh, Channel Zero Candle Cove is a good show. So if you uh, only drop in to listen to Dave and I talk about the uh, existential nightmare of human existence, you might want to consider listening to some of our lighter episodes. You know, the ones with children made out of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are there's a little bit more levity um, going on in there uh, additionally and a point of interest um for us i i would imagine i don't have to imagine very hard for that uh the <laughs> hbo series lovecraft country has started um yes i think it's an episode two uh i watched the first episode it will bear um visitation because it's it's very very good I uh I have yet to uh watch Lovecraft Country. I actually just fi- finished up season 2 of The Umbrella Academy with my partner. Um I enjoyed it a great deal. It is a very um it's that show is a show that is not for everyone, but it is it hits a very uh specific uh entertainment and production budget. Uh, level for me that I cannot help but uh, be charmed by it. Um, so I will have to get into Lovecraft Country because uh, it is adjacent to my interests. Yeah, I'm. I recommend it just based on the first episode alone. Um, it's it's it just hits every single right note. Um, yeah. So everyone take a look at that. If you aren't already, uh, it's probably, yeah, I don't, it, it's, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't imagine probably very long. I think it, it doesn't feel like a mini series, but it feels contained in the way that um, um, the haunting of Hill house kind of was. So it's probably going to be about that long. It's, it's, it's an adaptation of a novel. I may or may not, want like i don't know if i want to spoil myself or i kind of just want to read the book and be done with it <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. having to wait for each episode but um yeah that's that's the the issue with um uh streaming services like netflix who just put the entire thing of something up like at once whereas like yep you're waiting for now premium network television to dole out them in small doses but it it is what it is, uh, and I think that that has its own kind of charm to it, um, rekindling a bit of the joy of waiting each week or or whatever the the release schedule is um, for the next episode. Um, unless you unless you have have self control and can just keep from binging. Uh, yes, this is <laughs> this is also a thing, or waiting for it to be released on. Um, a physical media format where you can just at leisure um, watch the whole thing in one go. Dave, things aren't released in physical media anymore. 
I'm not really. pretty sure they are. <laughs> it's not 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 really. No, all that my, physical media my, is just my large collection would beg to differ. Um, it's all just data. It is. It is that. It's. It is, but a dream. I'm actually just imagining something that isn't extant anymore. Oh, the wistful vagaries of youth. <laughs> yeah, mm, that's a little too close. Too close. Too real. Too real. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, Leonard. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know, yes, I, I'm. I'm also aware that you know what you're doing. All right. Well, that has been uh, a little, a little bit of media uh, for us. Yes. Before we, <laughs> before we get into these um, relatively uh, brief, um, confusing uh, tales. Yes, uh, we'll probably get back to horror and video games in some near point in the future. There's there's a lot coming out, but they're not out yet. So we'll save those for when they are. Yes. Little closer to home and able to actually be engaged with some more, some some more spoopy media. Yeah, as we do. But anyway, yes. what what are the two stories we're looking at today? Yes, we are looking at the night school and the glamour. What do you <sighs> think of these on we we we've covered almost at this point it's the the book is like 95% done we've covered almost all of it in comparison to everything we've done before how did these land personally for you So, uh, I'm going to start with the night school because I actually went over this one a, a couple of times and actually also listened to an audio recording. By the way, if you, if you search for, uh, Thomas Ligotti, uh, on, uh, YouTube, you can, you can, uh, find a fair number of audio, uh, recordings of, of, of stories from, uh, Songs of a Dead Dreamer and Grim Scribe. Um, the Night School uh, is on first read feels incomprehensible and um, almost pointless. But uh, after reading it again and listening to the audio recording, uh it it there is a dreamlike aspect of it um there are are terms that are there are terms and phrases that are repeated um but it's it's really difficult to parse um we're dealing with an un uh, uh, uh an unnamed narrator again who is returning to uh, his home after visiting a theater, uh, put a pin in the theater part because that's the only real connective tissue between the two stories. And also 
leads me to believe that these two stories might actually concern the same individual. Um, but which seemingly doesn't matter at the end. It's just something to take note of. Um, he's taking a shortcut from a movie theater back to his, his home. Uh, and it somehow seemingly knows that instruction uh coronero uh coronero uh is holding uh, Car- class. carniero carniero i believe is carniero um... is 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 holding classes once again um this is never explained how he knew how he knows nothing so that's the that's the dream like quality um that that i i i mentioned just a few moments ago which is uh there's a lot of assumptions that the narrator makes that are somewhat correct based on no information um it, and that feels like a dream that feels like like lucid dreaming like i'm i'm i know i'm asleep but uh, and so if I just think that this thing is true, then it's going to happen. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, that, uh, and that's, that's, so in the beginning of the story, yes. um, he's, he's, we're, we're, it's a lot of internal monologue is, is the way this kind of one is done. And he's given us the information that yeah um I've learned that the instructor's classes have resumed. Um so I on my way home I took a shortcut um through the through the school um just to kind of check it out is 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 kind of the premise. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't uh it's it's as if he'd heard it like through hearsay or something like that or a rumor. It's not direct information. I don't think, um, and he's mm-hmm. just verifying verifying that for himself, um, which kicks everything off. Yes, he encounters some. So, are we? Are we even sure that this is a school? No, I, they, uh, I, I, it, it, it's an abandoned building. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and the I, I so the entire time I'm reading it, I kept air putting air quotes in my head on instructor and school and like really any solid thing because um, he's saying students, but they sound an awful lot like hobos. Yep, <laughs> that are chilling by a oil drum fire. Yes, um, that are telling him that the class is in session. It's it's super. That part is yes, dreamlike, because that it doesn't make a whole lot of like actual sense, mm-hmm. but it makes sense to the uh, the narrator. Yeah, because they aren't they burning pages from like of notes eventually. Yeah, they... I don't. I don't okay. think they are in the beginning. I think that's the second because he encounters them twice. Okay. Um. Yes, and a lot of the story just kind of deals with uh, with this inst- is second-hand accounts of this instructor um, and our narrator's need to 
want to know. Uh, and I don't think that that's <laughs> because the wanting to know part is what feels dreamlike. I don't. He does not actually want to know. Not right. on the not on the level that like the other people he encounters who are insisting upon him that like he needs to be at the class or take the notes or do the thing. Um, everyone is sort of nebulous in that regard, really. Uh, the ones that are more insistent end up coming off as like um, they are not that they're being forced to, but maybe it's like, it's like a compulsion to do this mm -hmm. thing, and he's just not hitting that whatever it is um isn't as strong for him it's a it's a a vague feeling it's a it's a deja vu feeling i think yes uh and 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 to 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 highlight that there's there's a uh a section that uh of of text that is repeated uh in the story uh and which i will quote now Mainly these thoughts were about my desire to know something that I was sure was real about my existence. Something that could help me in my existence before it was my time to die and be put into the earth to rot. Or perhaps have my cremated remains drift out of the chimney stack and sully the sky. Of course, this desire was by no means unique to me. Um, so do you want, uh, do you want to just do a quick overview of, of what this narrator experiences and then get into uh, the interpretation <laughs> aspect of this? Yeah, because that, that's where the, I think the, um, pardon the expression, but the meat of this story is, is, is in it's subjectivity kind of like right. how you experience it and like what it might mean. Um, I will just do a brief summation uh, of the tale. So our, our student um, is looking for the, the nebulous um, professor. Uh, his classes are not held like in the same place. They just kind of, they could be anywhere in the in the school, big air quotes again. And when he does find um, where the classes are or where they should be, they end up being somewhere else. He's kind of sent on a rambling quest to to go find where the instructor is. He locates it. Um, but by virtue of where and what is being instructed, uh, it's not. Um, it's, it becomes like no longer appealing directly to him, so he decides to head on home. Uh, we get a little bit more of the dream sensation at that point because things just happen, and he just appe basically appears in another location um, with no real recollection of transit time, uh, and decides that yes, the he may he's probably better off not attending that class. He understands at that point more of the lesson uh, because he's being told that he's just not getting it. He's not doing the right things as a student um, to under, to, to comprehend um, the, the very specific lessons being taught. Um, 
he decides he does not want to know. It's probably best not to know. Uh, and then we get a sort of reveal of that um, he has absorbed um, some portion of the lesson in, in, his, in his in the final moments of the tale, um, which leads to a very like that segment feels like. And then I woke up. Is is yes. how it kind of lends itself without actually doing that. Um, I would actually disagree. I think it does actually do the, and then I woke up without pointing to the, the fact that, uh, and then I woke up, um, mainly, um, the aspect where he finds himself outside again after, after the encounter, um, and the encounter is uh, as he traverses through uh the the school building i am doing big air quotes um he notices a a black inky substance that is dripping downwards from the upper floors and as he ascends uh ever higher uh, uh into the building uh, the substance becomes uh, uh, greater in volume and 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 all encompassing um, until he is is su- seemingly surrounded by it, and then he appears outside of the building. Uh, there would be the equivalent of a jump cut of him just be uh, standing outside of the building, and I think this is the and then he woke up part hmm. of the story. No, um, I, that he had never he had never entered the building um, because one of the uh, revelations is that the instructor has in fact died, um, and that it feels like this lesson is is the essence, oh man, the essence of the instructor, like projecting the concept of death into this narrator's uh dream state um before he then wakes up uh it's it, it, there was there was a i got a uh nightmare on elm street feel from it it uh, in that um if you die in your dream you die in real life and that that ending uh where he was surrounded by darkness was like right at the precipice. And had he not woke, woken up, he might've just dropped dead there right at the, uh, right in the middle of the school plaza. Yeah. And you, you could, I was sort of also reading this as a meditation on death. Um, Mm -hmm. and as much as like the, what that does to a person, um, who's close to it um but not immediately affected like had his teacher passed away it's someone that he knows um it's an it's an acknowledgement of like mortality and think dwelling on that in like an unhealthy way but then sort of coming to terms with it a little more toward the end is a kind of through line um but the story and it's Legati, so it, it plays a lot harder on that than like another one would have. Mm-hmm. 
So an line um, toward the beginning is this is from the professor because these are memories and he, it's just, um, it's not direct spoken things to uh, the narrator. Um, they are, uh, again, dreamlike. Um, it's like a, a, a portent almost or a sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the professor. This is just talking about his lesson. So he says, look up here, he would say. If you do not look, you will learn nothing. You will be nothing. And this is in reference to um, something that the professors want to do is um, putting um, symbols, sigils, um, these diagrams um, all over the blackboard. like they're And, and they're meant to be... Or, copied down the sort of transmission ritual uh it's something that then the narrator like was never good at or didn't care to do or didn't find mm-hmm. the importance of uh the other students however were not the same way and he's kind of like um lambasted for not correctly engaging with the lessons yes but ultimately that's what like saves him <laughs> because he didn't buy into what was being um sort of the the effulgence being spewed out because part and parcel of what this instructor is is doing is uh relating the world um the 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 truth of the world as it is um in a in a, a manner that basically likens everything to um bodily functions the world is specifically um is waste yep and that is the the teachings he is imparting um should you uh, it's not really care to listen but should you uh engage with directly um and absorb <laughs> absorb the um fecal matter of the universe it's really weird <laughs> yeah but no less weird than anything else uh, and it's it's worth mentioning that a, that that the these these symbols the the, the ultimate cul- culmination is that the students that are very much into them basically fill up their papers with the symbols until there's there there's nothing there until it's it, the the individual sigils themselves are now indi- uh indistinguishable from we out uh, from each other because they are just layered over one another with without care or regard which kind of ties into like that black emptiness that that end up ends up filling the narrator's being before seemingly waking up um outside of the building so i wonder if the the idea is that um like that i feel like that that also speaks to the to the waste aspect of it um which is you know the professor the instructor is is constantly having people uh 
scrawl these symbols on on things and there are different variations but at the end of the day because there's so much of it and it's just ends up being layered on top of each other it's just waste it's just empty empty waste um, it, it, yeah it, it is and then um here's another uh, bit where he's actually approaching the school um, there was also a scent of corruption, an enchanting fragrance, really, which is important, <laughs> uh, like the mulchy rot of autumn or early spring, uh, that I thought was emerging from the earth as I disturbed the strange litter strewn over it. The odor became more pungent as I approached the yellowish light of the school, and strongest as I finally reached the old building itself. So, um, this... We don't, we don't try to, like, this is not a direct one-to-one, it's not specifically, um, Bloodborne, but if you wanted to read into what's going on, uh, in aspects of that, and probably more so, like, Dark Souls 3, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's the sense of rot, um that's happening and a decay that isn't um it's part and parcel of the world but it it is the important thing um it's a state that is uh increasing and it's something that's unavoidable in as much as uh like you can't escape it, but you can maybe not engage with it. And that's what the narrator eventually decides to try and do is like disengage with, with this. Um, but it's just reality. So you, you kind of can't. Right. Um, yes. And, and at the end of the day, the, uh, the, narrator has been influenced by the instructor's lesson but to what degree we're not given any idea of but the, the something has been imparted on him a, a subtle understanding um of of what he was looking for even though that is not really ever determined yeah and if you want to read a little bit something slightly because this book is as we mentioned, it's a little older. But if you want to read something slightly contemporary into it, you can. Um, it lends itself, unfortunately, to the current age uh, we are in. Uh, here's a the, the specific bit of it. Um, when I entered the room, I saw that only some of the lamps were functioning, leaving certain areas in darkness while others were smeared with a kind of greasy glow, particular to old paintings and oil. A few students were seated at desks here and there, isolated from one another and silent. But by no means uh, was there a full class, and no instructor stood at the lectern. So that is a relevant like sentiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, making this more... Uh, uh, apropos uh, than it might otherwise be um regardless of the the particular topic that it's sort of mired in yeah this one this one is is it, it th- this one feels like like ye 
this is based on your interpretation of it. Um, it is funny that you 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 mentioned Bloodborne because I think by default of our deconstruction, um, we are we are um, on the humanity ascendance path. Uh, because as if 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 you just take the story at face value, it's a it's a weird tale where somebody allegedly goes to a school climbs up a couple of flights of stairs after going into classrooms and asking where his class is and then like falls into like the shadow realm only to wake up at the end it doesn't actually make a lot of sense unless you try to interpret it which is interesting (laughs) yeah there's a lot more meaning i think to be found or that one could ascribe to what's going on um correct or no uh you get more out of this story by doing that than than just um it's going to lend itself to on first read yes yeah that's why i actually had to uh read it a couple of times and once again listen to that that audio recording because it just it didn't it didn't yeah it doesn't feel like the other stories that we've we've read before. It, it doesn't. Um, here, here's another passage I pulled because this is. Uh, you could read this part um, as directed at the reader, like it's mm-hmm. not it's not breaking fourth wall, but it's playing around with that. I think so. Um. That is, those that he could influence, and some more than others, this is in in direction to the instructor, Um, the things he said to us, the lessons in measurement of cloacal forces, that's that's a concept right there, (laughs) (laughs) time as a flow of sewage, the excrement of space, scatology of creation, the voiding of the self, the whole filthy integration of things, and the nocturnal product, as he called it, drowning in the pools of night. I'm afraid I don't recall those concepts, I confessed. You're new to the class. This is another student talking to him. Uh, You're new to the class. To tell the truth, you don't seem to understand what the instructor is teaching. But soon enough, he will get through to you, if he hasn't already. You can never know. He's very captivating, the instructor, and always ready for anything. So, that is a... I think it's a direct statement to the reader. Um, who's standing in? We're, we're, we're kind of stand-ins, or the narrator, the narrator is a stand-in for us, really, right? Um, and you could look at that. Uh, I would put that phrasing as a deeper read onto all of Grimscribe. Mm-hmm. Exactly, saying that you you're you're not going to immediately understand what's going on. But it's already, um, you've read it. So by virtue of that, it's already like, the understanding is already in you. You just have to realize it. Right. Which, of course, we could be ascribing far too much to this, but I think that that's a valid um, assertion anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I I also yeah it's uh it, like I said this one is is difficult it's um 
and and I think I think it it's unless you're willing to invest the time to 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 parse out the details, it feels seemingly it is it is less fulfilling than than the other works that we've we've studied so far. Studied so far. Wow, just <laughs> taking that language straight from the story. Yes, you know that that's kind of what happens when um, you have to. We we were not um, obviously recording the diagrams correctly. <laughs> yes. So the narrator is reminiscing on a time when he was specifically in the class and being instructed by Carniero. Uh, so I did not understand the doctrines of a truly septic curriculum, the science of a spectral pathology, philosophy of absolute disease, the metaphysics of thinking of, of things sinking into a common disintegration or rising together, flowing together in their dark rottenness. Above all, I did not know the instructor himself, the places he had been, the things he had seen and done, the experiences he had embraced, the laws he had ignored, the troubles he had caused, the fate that he had incurred gladly upon himself and others. This is the moment where he's um, ascending the stairs uh, looking for, so he encountered a, a janitor, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. of the school who has was lamenting on like what the instructor causes like through his instruction things kind of decay and the fecal matter will in fact flow uh, quite readily from reality and that's not that's not um a thing that enthralls the the um the janitor of course but is just a fact of life at this point mhm mm i don't i don't um was there another yes this also feels one, like it could one be last. Oh. go ahead this also feels like this could be be a commentary on well can can clearly be interpreted as a commentary on on higher education in that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah well yes <laughs> like that's that's fairly obvious that that's just men spewing yes spewing fecal matter out and 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 splattering it everywhere uh until it runs down invades the essence of your being um yeah, this one's it's coming at you from a bunch of different angles. If you if you want to look, maybe that's actually that. I mean, this this sounds like some fourth dimensional chess nonsense, but maybe that's actually the point. Like the the that the story becomes more and more unpleasant the deeper you look into it, the more you try to assign. Uh, some meaning to the event, uh, events that take place, the the more unhappy um, it it makes you. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean this definitely reads as a as a face value commentary on the value of education, uh, ascribing like empty empty meaning to it. Um, mm -hmm the world is pretty much garbage and you're just 
the professors are in a position to um, pedal that wholesale uh, and the students are lapping it up, i.e. The, uh, the, 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 the sigils. And it, it's, it becomes worthless because the, the thing, the notes they're taking um, end up just becoming void. They're just s scribbling n like nonsense into their books. Uh, everything is fecal matter. Um, it ends up swallowing you uh if you stay there too long that's that's like a um it's a very strong indictment <laughs> yes uh, uh of what this is and that our our narrator um sort of begins to understand that and also why he's not in school anymore yeah. But 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 by virtue of dropping out and just filling his time with the cinema, uh, that that isn't any better um, because as this ends, he looks up at the moon, of course, and realizes that everything is just um, a cesspool, like that's the universe, and you're not you're not really free of any of that just because you don't um, engage with it. It's that pervasive, right. Yeah. Uh, here's the other. I think this is the last bit I pulled. Um, uh, and and the the bit. So he's hearing um, entreaties for him to look up into the sky. Um, it's not assigned to anybody. It's just a voice in his head, uh, and he tries to not do that. Um, but it's just going to happen. So uh, I might have heard a voice bid me look up here because I did look, if only for a moment. Then I saw the sky was clear of all clouds, and the full moon was shining in the black spaces above. It was shining bright and blurry, as if coated with a luminous mold, floating like a lamp in the great sewers of the night, the nocturnal product, I thought, drowning in the pools of night. But these were only words I repeated without understanding, my desire to know something that I was sure was real about my existence, something that could help me in my existence before it was my time to die and be put in the earth to rot, or perhaps have my cremated remains drift out of a chimney stack and sully the sky. That would never be fulfilled. I had learned nothing, and I was nothing. And then this ends with the following night. I went to the movie theater again, but did not take a shortcut home, which I, yeah, I agree that this probably just leads right into the next story where the narrator is the same. Yes. Um, which is, in, yes. And that next story is the glamour, um, which is significantly, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. It's, well, it's 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 wordy, but but the premise is is fairly simple. Um, our our unknown narrator, uh, through some unknown compulsion, decides to wander around a neighborhood that he's never been to before, which is once again very um um, which is a thematic thing. Uh, is thematic for Ligotti's works. A lot of the narrators are suddenly uh, gripped by a need to do something different that they've never done before or go somewhere that they've never been um, to, for motives unknown even to themselves. Uh, 
and uh, encounters a few uh, interesting storefronts, uh, mostly involving uh, with uh, a highlight on toys, puppets, mannequins, until uh, uh, arriving in front of a movie theater that he assumes is abandoned, only to discover a very narrow and suspicious-looking side alley that says, no, no, we're open, um, under new management, come in. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the uh, narrator... Uh, finds that the entire theater is covered in gross, disgusting cobwebs. Um, uh, everyone in the theater is covered in gross, disgusting cobwebs. And after uh, watching the unsettling film, uh, uh, discovers that the theater appears to be be a uh, hair, a uh, hair construct from from a a uh either a witch or a sinister supernatural entity um <laughs> the the witch projection booth is yes projector yeah um something it's something <laughs> yep all uh, right so dave how do you want to break uh, this one now uh, um <laughs> This is way harder to like even try to dis- deconstruct. Um, I, it, uh, what was it, the? It, it's which... the same feeling, really, um, because now you've uh, not you, but the story itself is ascribing the the sort of value on education it's now putting that value on film mm-hmm. in a sense or escapism maybe um is something that uh becomes its own sort of prison it's it's tying the viewer um down and unwillingly for them um like sapping all of their vitality over time it's i i don't even know this is such a something is going on in this story uh hmm. it it's it's interesting because i uh, i did consider that as as the read and it's I, I it feels a little off. I, I I'm not gonna like um double down on that read. It, because it, it, I the, I don't think that that's enough. Right. And and it also feels just it feels like considering considering Ligotti's work, it feels very dismissive of another art form, um, which is something that I, I don't think I've ever really picked up uh from Legati's works, uh like fictional works and his his writing in uh Conspiracy Against the Human Race, uh is that he does not seem to be dismissive of other art forms. He's dismissive of the human experience, but he doesn't seem to ever like imply that that art itself has no value. Um, because that would no, be because it's, it's it's a coping mechanism. Like that right. is that is the like 
explicit value of it. And he's on board with that as a thing. Like, yes, he may not engage with it or think that it's something it, it's a necessary function of yes. like crap existence. Like if you don't have that, then uh, you're just sitting in the, the mire of poo. Um, so I actually decided to interpret this story. Um, um, literally, um, what do you remember that it was very near the start of, 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 uh, Grimscribe or Songs of the Dead Dreamer, uh, where this guy went and was ushered into a musical performance? I I don't remember. I remember the one where the the guy was in the theater and then being um hunted. I can't think of the musical performance one. Uh I just remember like the it was a bunch of musicians that like ended up sucking the life out of oh, everyone yeah, yeah, that yes, was Yes, yes, that they were weird spider people. Yeah. Um okay. and this I got it. feels like a a a different take on perhaps an adjacent kind of weird spider person um because it it is it is revealed around the center midst center around the middle of the story <laughs> that yeah i know right the center of the story uh uh that that it well i interpreted it as everything in the theater itself Everything down this down this street is is this trapdoor spider construct for this elderly hair uh, golem. Yes, witch. there we go. Yes, uh, and that it's just it's just a lure to 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 feed on people. Yeah, I didn't even like for some reason that the, it's a one to one scenario, and I that just utterly escaped me that the theater with all of its um purplish like marquee glow uh, mm-hmm. is just a trap, which is what it is. Um, right. But when you're reading it, it doesn't feel that way because it's something that the the, the narrator has like he's gone to before. Um. But now it's something's different. Um, but then it kind of gives you that the the, the dreamlike quality of him, like not remembering or not. It's not as he remembers it. Like it's something different, and it's an alien feeling. Um, but he's whatever the the thing is doing is um, he's not immune to it. He's falling he's succumbing to it but not um but still self-aware so it that's also what puts me in mind that it's the same character from the the first tale it's like of any of the protagonists or narrators of any of the Bugatti things he's probably the most unwittingly savvy like he's the only one that gets that danger sense of a thing is bad you probably shouldn't do the thing Mm-hmm. And tr- and tries to remove himself from the situation, like both times. <laughs> if it's it, the same guy. 
it's 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 interesting. Yeah, if it's the if this is the same character, it, there's there's an interesting maybe maybe as a companion piece, these these two actually worked uh, work together because there's there's an aspect of this of this character. Um, once again, assuming it's the same uh, narrator, that is like half-heartedly interested in knowing things like he's like oh yeah man i wanted to take the instructor's class but the instructor's talking about stuff that i don't really care about like i'm kind of interested i'd like to know a little more but i'm not really that invested uh just like here it's like this theater's weird and gross and i saw (laughs) an old lady face in the seat back on the seat behind me and the this film is just like hairs crawling through flesh and piloting a human being i'm not really not really here for that like he's so <laughs> casual he's yeah, so he's like ca- like the like this this is a horrifying like clear clearly a a trap trap and the the narrator is so disinterested in it that he gets up as as the 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 witch hairs are trying to weave their way into his coat and just kind of like gets up and leaves he just walks out and he's like oh the alleyway that i walked into is doesn't exist anymore and all these shops that seemed like they were open aren't open anymore that's weird. Time to go home. Like it's <laughs> it's almost like a blase. It's um, so protagonist. Like it, it's very good though because it, it he's so far from like what someone would do. The but, detachment. Yeah, it's and but it's refreshing. Like because of that, yes. it's like oh okay, he's just he's just the the chillest man alive. <laughs> like. <laughs> horrifying see he's just like ah yeah that's that's nice I, i'm gonna go home now yeah yeah once again he doesn't leave when he sees the hair face in the, <laughs> in the seat back it has to get like a like horrifyingly worse um he, he just seems like he puts up with a lot of crap um and that's that's probably right on the nose um actually and is just like so the world is garbo you can't avoid it you can't escape that stuff but that doesn't mean you have to sit there and take it um when it's being dumped on you Mm -hmm. like it's gonna get you anyway but um that's you have a um because you have uh a consciousness you can decide like some you have some agency uh left and not everyone does but in this particular case because he has that agency he's a little bit more free to to pick the the how and when or at least the 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 when rather than the how mhm yeah, there's so both stories are very short. There's not yes. uh, there's not a lot to them, um, but there's a lot to them. Right. 
there was also this aspect that I picked up that it's just because so it's it's because I I work in editing and I'm starting to work in film and so on and so forth, which is is he keeps talking about a purple light. And I'm just like, that's ultraviolet light. You can't, you can't, like, you can see the bulb, but you can't see the light itself. So then there was an aspect of it where I was like, wait, is this guy even human? Because if he can just see, if he can just see ultraviolet light, then that just, like, is he one of the, is he, is he one of the, is he a frolicker? Is he, like, once again, there's just, yeah i think that that's part that that could be part of it because his reactions aren't like human ones right like the humans in the or the the people they they may not be humans the people in these stories are um they're just not specifically defeatist but they are stuck in whatever they're mired in whatever the thing is they cannot um, extract themselves willingly or do they want to we don't know they're they're just doing the thing uh he's implicitly not um he's interacting but it's on such a weird like non-issue area um uh, be- because he's not beholden to the rules um of these places uh, that that might be the case. Uh, we we get a little bit of that with the, um, or he could be a person, um, but w- as in with the um, the story that was the uh, the townsfolk who were like psychic and yep. were trying to drive off the dude that brought the fly the, the flowers from hell or whatever they were. Um, yes. Yes, the psychic town versus the extra dimensional gardener. <laughs> yes, who who was a person, but because yep. of his travels became something other, like like that, just by virtue of like that experience um, transcended his being. Uh, that feels like this, but this dude just like doesn't get it, right? Which is which is also really good. <laughs> like he he became changed by something or. Um, if these, if he's the the dreamer, um, these aren't his waking world. I don't think is the same waking world as other people. Right, like he's yes. he's dreamed himself into our world, <laughs> or some sort of thing like that. Like that's right. like, that's how this sort of comes off. If you if you kind of look at it a little bit sideways. Yeah, exactly. And that's that that was the thing that was like that was the sideways. Like there's so much emphasis put on purple and I'm like no you that is not a vis- that is not a visible light spectrum to humans and you and I like it the 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 concept that that Legati wrote this incorrectly does not factor into my into my thought process on this. Like this feels like a a hint that hey surprise this this character isn't human because he would not be commenting on the purple light spectrum of every single object. 
and once again, like you said, would explain like his very nonplus blase response to uh, something that is clearly horrifying and and awful. Yeah, it's it, it was really I I keyed in on that like that was the most enjoyable part um, mm-hmm. in in the in the initial reading of this is that uh, these horrible melty things are happening to people and he's just like he's not even saying it's bad he's just like maybe i just don't want to be here that yeah doesn't look great i guess probably um there's a lot of hairs sticking out of people and it's making like it's making them look weird um i'm just gonna go now like yeah (laughs) it's 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 very uh, it's a very specific thing that i don't think we've seen up to this point like the, the, by and large if someone's bothered by something they let you know in these stories like really quickly um but on the same note the the protagonist in um i don't know if it was the last like a very very recent story of the house where the windows were um so, oh yeah portals to portals to like see the nature of reality like as it's yes. being crossed over by other dimensions um that narrator is similar because horrible things are happening and he's just like very nonchalantly oh that looks really bad i can't do anything about it so maybe i just shouldn't be here and yeah the world, the world is just horrible and um by that virtue, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not, but this place is like slightly worse, so I'll just go back to the slightly less bad place. Yeah. Um, although with that, there is there is clearly like a value judgment given on uh, yeah, on yeah. the events by by that author, which to me indicates like the 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 spark of humanity. Um the the fact that there is there is no commentary on this or in really like there's no yes there's no commentary on the events that 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 this narrator experienced and then the commentary in in uh the night school night school yeah uh is is so detached from from the experiences that the the narrator is having only to possibly then be a dream at the end. Like there's, there's very little like uh, distress from the narrators in both of these stories, considering the experiences that they have. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange, like, way to be but um I, so i say that and i i think that that's also a valid read on a lot of people yeah <laughs> like it, when things are bad there, there's a few responses you can do one is you're engaging with it one is you're running away from it the other is you just like go that's so and in, in for these stories in particular, um, it could happen to me, but it's not directly happening to me, so that's fine. Yeah, indifference. Yes, 
and that indifference in like a horrible situation is is more off-putting i think that it's mm-hmm. making everything like seem way worse because you, you're watching everything burn around burn down around you and you're just like uh okay that's happening like that's a thing and then just ignoring it um or yes. or, or or not ignoring it but casually removing yourself from okay it's burning i can't i can't do a thing so i'll just maybe not stand right next to it yeah is what's kind of happening here there's there's also an aspect of like um i'm just like i'm going to draw the most direct parallel which is oh hey man look at that spider web oh there's that fly Maybe I'll just stand here and watch that spider eat that fly for a little bit. Oh, I got tangled in the web. Yep, it's time. Just a little bit. Time for me to leave. Like, it's it's yeah, just I like... I wouldn't want the spider to get me, so I'm going to yeah. just mosey on out. Um, it's, it's like watching <laughs> predation, like the detached observation of predation um, where you're slightly in danger but because you have some like sense about you or there's some aspect that essentially makes you immune from it that you can you can get real close into this really awful situation and say all right that was interesting and then leave it's also worth mentioning that this all takes place in a movie theater and the film shown is given very little time in the story because it essentially the film essentially exists to to I don't think what the narrator is seeing is what the people being affected by the the web are seeing. No, it reads as um the narrator is is able uh, because of the detachment to see the truth of things so right. he's literally seeing what's happening to people like projected like the fate of people right. that are in the theater is on the screen for him um the other the, the other people in the theater are like incredibly entranced to the point of non-interaction once the film is going and they must be seeing something far less like um horrifying <laughs> but right. the thing is he's not he's not horrified by it he right had detachment extends that far to going uh that that is a bad thing um i i don't agree with it like the concept of this is probably not good uh so i'm just gonna go like it is a super weird it's hard to think that way because there's no there's no like emotional investment in whatever's happening it's right. just a like it, this is the um the logic is is firing on all cylinders this is the ultimate um vulcan like, yes the- just taking everything at face value um knowing something is bad and then just going okay the the course of action that needs to be done is just to not be here um so i'll just go do that and then not worry about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it also get 
creates this thing where uh, given even with with the 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 horrors of the theater the um narrator ends up being uh is ends up being portrayed as like the most monstrous entity in the story because of his detachment to the event that he witnessed yeah in in, in both cases if if this is the same narrator for reading it that way um the worst thing of all is that is that indifference because there's no um there's no sense of it's a sense of self but not a sense of uh others like right. he knows something's bad bad is clearly happening to people and there's no attempt to go oh hey let me get you out of here buddy because there's he's talking specifically to a another patron in in the theater uh and they're getting like ensorcelled and he's just he does not care um there there's no greater sense of like self entitlement than this mm-hmm. this guy um so you can't um it's very hard to you can't really em- you empathize with the idea that uh yes d- don't be in a bad situation but the self interest and self like entitlement is so high that this is like an unlikable character just Mm -hmm. because of that like that's their their humanity um is like non-existent which is the thing i think is the point that i'm i think i'm starting to this is what i'm starting to key in on with these two stories which is i don't think that this narrator is human. I think this narrator perhaps looks human, but I don't think that I think that this narrator is is the reason why he isn't ensorcelled by the the instructor's lessons is because he doesn't think exactly on the same wavelength that a human does. The reason why he isn't distressed by the trapdoor spider theater is because he isn't human. It like I there is an aspect that uh that you touched on earlier which is if this is these these feel like the dreams of a of an entity of a different entity and that has projected itself into into our world so if we we look at it from the 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 perspective of this this person it cannot ultimately cannot be harmed because uh this is a dream and also doesn't uh the rules of 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 our world don't completely apply to it then the un, like the disinterest in in what is happening to the other people makes a little more sense yeah and um this I mean, it may not be the case, but this also feels like um, sort of a riff slash slash homage. Uh, some of the tales in Lovecraft mm-hmm. are specifically um, like the the dreams of the dream quest of unknown Kadath, and, and mm-hmm. I think another one. Uh, it's people that visit um, alien vistas in their dreams. Right. This is the alien visiting our vista in his dreams. Right. It's it's just the other side of the coin. Like if one thing is true, then the inverse must also be true. Is how this and he, comes off. And he and Ligotti doesn't shy away from having having 
different non-human entities interact with one another and usually to to the, the their surprise when they discover that they they are not like human beings they're like oh okay so this is well, I'm I'm uh, I'm a soul taker. I come from a plane of elemental darkness, and you're like a contract demon. So that it's it's. I think there's an interesting aspect with having two different, uh, vaguely hostile to humanity entities interact with one another. Uh, like I said, uh, it's not one to one, but the story with the um the psychic town and the the interdimensional traveler with the flowers is 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 a is a good like pinpoint to that one to that concept mm. and uh, another one would be the the very manifold um instances of uh people as as puppets um yes. but if you're not if you specifically aren't also a puppet, you can't do anything for other people that are puppets. Right. Like, what, you can, what are you going to do? Cut their strings? They're still a puppet. Yep. Um. That's, that's the attitude like this character has. It's like, I, I don't think that he identifies with the students or the theater goers or, or any of that. Like they're, they're just pieces in a play that he's like, watching he's not right. actively a part of but it's some bits of it get a little bit too close to home so he's like well i just i'm done with that yeah i agree yeah Th these are a lot more interesting again um, this has been the case for a few of the tales where the stories themselves aren't as um, immediately enthralling but they're the ideas kind of in them are really good yeah so as concepts they're better and they're not executed poorly they're executed very well but um by virtue of how short they are maybe uh they're they just kind of read as one-offs um where i think that there's more to them than just that they're they're right. they're they're done for everything is done for like a kind of a purpose. I mean they're they're in a themed work like all together. Right. Uh that gives them a little bit of extra value and it gives them um more longevity. Mm -hmm. Like like the secondary and tertiary readings of these are stronger than like the initial one. Yes. Just be, because of that. Yes, I mean it's I would I I would I wouldn't wouldn't find it unreasonable for somebody to not like uh these two stories uh having read them once and never wanting to return to them. Like I would not fault a person for that because as as a narrative they these stories aren't particularly interesting, but as like I something think to be a dissected line they're stronger yes. right exactly like this is another case where um the grim scribe as it exists is is stronger as the sum of its parts um than it, it always than it necessarily is by those parts individually like they 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 work um they're interesting 
they work better together than they do um, as individual entries, which is, I think, why they are part of an anthology. Yes. Agreed. Well, I don't, I don't have, I didn't pull any segments from this one. Um, because it, it's, it doesn't really didn't necessitate it um, as much as yeah. the first one did because there's, there isn't arguably anything more going on in the first one versus the second tale, but it doesn't, the second one doesn't lend itself um, to, uh, like it's not quotable. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not it's yeah, it's not it's not as quotable and because because the threat is so explicit, like the the interpretation comes comes from how do how does one rationalize this narrator's reaction to the events in yeah. the story. I think I think the one I didn't um like I said I didn't pull any, but the one bit that did stick out was the scene where we find that the which lady um is like the proj- the projector like yes she's she's in the booth but her eyes are projecting the image on the screen it's yes. it's really good um it's a very evocative like image uh, it, it, and, it, and horrifying but it it um it's like a set piece like a nice it one. it it, it it is it is it is like peak Fulci imagery. Like, yes, like as soon as I as soon as I read that, I was like, oh yeah, I could absolutely see that in like that feels like something that has occurred in a a a European horror film at some point. Like that is too strong and evocative of of imagery to not have been used. In like yeah, it's, Italian it's, it's, cinema, it's, it's or very Italian horror. Um, it is. Th- this would not have been out of place in really in like the the demons film. Yep. Um, they already have glowing eyes. Why not have them? So, as a piece, pairing the literally pairing this with the film demons would have worked yep. really well. Um, that, unfortunately, we that... we came to this later. <laughs> <laughs> That that was actually exactly what I thought of when I, as soon as the the, the all too narrow alleyway with the purple light uh, showed up, I was like, "Oh wow, this feels like demons a yeah. lot." I mean, this this is another instance of um, a theater as a as a its own sentience. Yes, like it's a it's a living trap. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it works really well. And um, now I'm actually kind of sad that we got this later versus when we <laughs> watched, when we watched um, demons. Yeah. But yeah. you know, here we go. It's still, it's still a reference point. And if you hadn't seen it, go, go watch demons and demons too. They're, um, they're on shutter. Check them out. <laughs> and, and, and then after you watch demons, you listen to our episode on demon. <laughs> yes. We knew we should plug ourselves too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that does it for this week. Uh, for specifically for these these two nebulous tales of of bizarre narrator disinterest. Um, 
Dave, uh, before we head out, let's do uh, some. Man, what is it? Shop cleaning? Ad, ad, admin? What? Admin. There we go. Uh, Dave, <laughs> where can people online find you? Uh, they, they can find me on Twitter pretty much exclusively at sentinot underscore plus. Um, you can also find our, our wayward uh, co-host Cameron on Twitter at night underscore twitten, and that's night without a K. Uh, these links, as always, will be in the, the podcast notes. Uh, the podcast itself you can find um, online at monsterdeer.monster. And Leonard, where can folks find you? People can find me online at twitter.com by searching Dr. Faust is Dead. People can also find my video work on YouTube uh, by also searching Dr. Faust is Dead. I am in the middle of a of kind of a biggish project that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet. Um, and because of that, I have unfortunately had to put my my long-awaited uh, Grease video on hold because uh, this this secret project is time sensitive, and so if I'm going to get it done, I it needs to happen now. So I hope I'm not disappointing anyone by saying that you'll have to wait a little longer for the Grease video. But hopefully when I get done with this other project, uh, you will find it uh, enjoyable as well. Uh, and I believe that covers it for this week of Monster Dear Monster. Uh, please do join us again next week. We will be wrapping up our coverage of the of uh, Channel Zero. Uh, Season one, Candle Cove, uh, and it is it is a it is a good it's a good wrap up to a good season of of uh, or good uh, story of of television, um, and uh, we will see you all then. Unless you have anything else you'd like to add, Dave. I think that that's pretty much it. So we will catch you next time uh, for more Tooth Child. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye.